it had to be that faith where I couldn't waver. It had to be that faith where I couldn't take two steps forward and one step back. I had to fully, fully trust that he was going to take care of me and my family and provide everything that we needed. And not only financially, but health-wise. Because remember, I told you I had hyperemesis providium, and so my health was still wavering. I was still emailing people and trying to get clients and, hey, y'all, I started a business and then in the ER the next day for two to three days at a time. Hey, friends, welcome to the More Than a Mother podcast. I am your host, LaJuan Moses, and I am a mom on a mission to help you master your mindset and own your time so you can make space in your busy life for your dreams and goals. Join me each week for tangible tips, tools, and strategies that you can use to show up as your personal best in motherhood, business, and life. We are helping you truly step into your own and find the freedom to do more of the things you love and enjoy without feeling guilty or overwhelmed. My guest today is Rashida Butler-Jackson of RBJ Community Consulting. Rashida has worked in nonprofit management and direct service for over a decade. She is the founder of RBJ Community Consulting, where she works to support local nonprofits, community organizations, and social entrepreneurs with sustainability, evaluation, facilitation, and staff management. Rashida and I sat down to talk all about her experience in the nonprofit world, and she shared with us her nonprofit startup expertise and really dove deep into her story and why she is drawn to nonprofits and community consulting. It is how much of an impact there is to be made when you pursue nonprofit management and nonprofit startup. She just shared her tips to start a nonprofit, as well as some misconceptions about nonprofit startup. She also talks about her crazy faith that she had and shared some of the first steps that we should all consider when starting a nonprofit. When asked what it means to be more than a mother, Rashida said, being more than a mother means that my complete existence is not shaped or defined by motherhood. It means that I have a life and identity outside of motherhood, and it's okay for me to walk on my purpose and truly lean into all of the other parts of my identity. Let's dive into my conversation with Rashida. Hey, Rashida, how are you? I am doing well. Very glad that Friday is here. (laughs) Yes, me too. Welcome to the More Than a Mother podcast. I am so excited to have you here with me today. And I can't wait to dive into talking all about nonprofits and all the great things that you are doing. But before we get started, if you could just please introduce yourself to the audience. Absolutely. And of course, I just want to thank you so much for having me. I was saying before we started recording that I am such a fan of the work that you are doing and the way that you show up and represent us mamas and working mamas and all of that. So I am so excited to be in this space with you. Um, With that being said, I am Rashida Butler Jackson um, and I am from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where it is pretty cold here today, as we were also discussing. I am a stay-at-home mommy of a two-year-old, and he is in his terrible twos. I mean, his terrific twos. I don't say terrible twos. I say terrific twos because I believe in speaking what we want to see. So he keeps me busy. Um, I love gardening. I love cooking. I love reading. Um, I am the founder of RBJ Community Consulting, which I know we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, And I have a lovely husband 
who I met at 13 and then finally married a bunch of years later. So it's a little bit about me. That is awesome. That is great. And I am excited to have you here today. And thank you for sharing your kind words with me. Those words of encouragement, you just don't know, they really keep me going and keep doing what I'm doing when I hear the feedback like that. So thank you for sharing all that you shared here and all that you shared before we started recording. Now, if you could just briefly walk us through your journey. So those transformational moments, aha moments in your life that kind of put you on the path that you are on today. Oh my goodness. Yes. So I um, have worked in the nonprofit sector for about 12, 13 years now, just doing a lot of different direct service stuff, um, program management. And then my specialty is youth development. So I worked at our Boys and Girls Club here for about six years. I was actually a teacher for three years. Um, and so a lot of what I do is grounded in community development and youth youth development and um, direct support. So um, a couple of years ago, like I said, my husband and I, we got married. Um, and even before we got married and even before I became a mom, I just knew that I wanted more for myself and I wanted something different. So I had been in this nonprofit sector and there was so much that I saw that I wanted to change. There was so much that I saw that like I would have done differently if I was in people's shoes. And so I always had this thing in the back of my brain of like, you can do that. Like you can help people to support and manage programs differently. You can do strategic planning with people and help them to figure out how to set goals for their organization. But it was just always this fear, right? Of like, I need to check every two weeks. I need to live. I need to maintain my lifestyle. Um, but you know, God, he always keeps pushing. When there's something you're supposed to be doing, he makes you uncomfortable. So we got married and then um, started trying for children. And the goal with us when we got married was always that I would be able to stay home for the first three years after we had children. So we saved and paid down debt um, and really were intentional before we try having our little one. And then while I was pregnant, I was working for an organization where I didn't feel completely supported. As, as, a, as a, a new mom, as a, as a pregnant woman, going into the journey of motherhood, I was really sick. I had hyperemesis gravidium, which if anyone knows what that is, it is when you are like sick all the time during your pregnancy and just like never will, just always oh, wow. sick, throwing up. Yeah, it's awful. Um, and so I quit that job and was like, all right, I'm about to be a mom. My husband said I can stay home, but I didn't want to just be a mom. So I wanted to be more than a mother, right? I didn't want to just be a stay-at-home mom. Nothing wrong with that, but that wasn't for me. So I prayed and I fasted and I journaled and I did research and I was like, I'm going to start my own business. And three years later, I literally just celebrated three years in May. Here I am being really successful, loving what I do and wishing I would have started sooner. <laughs> so that's a long journey to kind of how I got there, but when you are unappreciated in a space, it really pushes you to figure out how to want more for yourself. And it really pushes you to value yourself differently. So I think it took that experience for me to finally push myself out of my comfort zone to do what I'm doing now. Yes, definitely. When you are unappreciated, that does have a way of pushing you. And happy anniversary to you for your Thank you. business. Yes, May 1st. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, <laughs> going you. back to when you were pregnant, you were sick all the time, you weren't feeling supported, you were feeling unappreciated, and you realized, okay, I need to do something different. I'm going to quit my job. <laughs> but I would like to imagine that 
it did not come that easy for you. Goodness so if you could just kind of share, like, what kind of things were you feeling? Like, what were you going through at that time? Because that is truly just a step of faith in itself to say, okay, I need to quit my job and I'm pregnant and I'm going to wind up doing something else. But what were you feeling at that time when you were starting to make these changes and adjust- adjustments? So many things. I mean, that's a great question. For one, we had planned on me at least working through my pregnancy because both my husband and I had really good insurance. And so the great thing about that was with medical bills, especially because I was sick and in and out of the hospital so much, we had two insurances being applied to our medical bills. So we were like, great, we're going to we're gonna work all the way at least through birth so that we can have those insurances. So that was the first thing is like, I'm going against the plan because the plan was work until I had the baby and then have the baby and potentially go back to work, but maybe stay home. Um, So having being able to communicate with my husband was the most important thing because I was making a change, not just for me, but for us. And when you're married, you're a unit, you're a team. And I had to make sure that he was comfortable with taking on that load um, and understanding the the consequence, right, of me quitting my job earlier than anticipated and what that meant for us financially, because that meant no more checks every two weeks, no more medical insurance coverage, right? So that was the biggest thing for me is not so much leaving a job, but really what what that meant for my household and my family. Um the fear of like, how am I going to get clients? Because I'm still going to be a new mom. And so now, right, we know that becoming a parent is a life stressor. Starting a new job is a life stressor. I'm doing both of those things at the same time. No idea how to run a business. No idea where to start. But God kept saying to me, I've been telling you I got you. You need to walk in it and know that I got you, right? So the second I put my guard down and started trusting God, I had people reaching out saying, Rashida, do you know anything about this? And have you heard about this contract? We think you would be really good for this. And things started coming together organically. Like seriously, I I could only believe that it was God working things out. Um, So yeah, it just was a lot of prayer, a lot of fasting. Like I said, a lot of talking to my husband, a lot of getting his support. And then finally, like I said, when I let my guard down, things started making a way for themselves. They really, really did. And that's really how we find that it happens is that a lot of times God does God does work on our behalf and it's just up to us to kind of surrender and walk in that so that we can trust him and have the faith in him to know that it is going to work out. And I Absolutely. like how you said that the first kind of step was with communicating with your husband. Because I feel a lot of people that are in these situations in going through these transitions, a lot of times we like to jump and move on our own and don't really take into account how it impacts those around us. Because we can Mm -hmm. have a dream, we can have a vision. And yes, it's our dream, our vision, God has given it to us. But oftentimes those around us may not completely understand it. So we're just like, okay, we're going to do this because God told us to do it. But God also put you in that union with your husband. And it's important to have those communication channels open. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. And he was so supportive. I mean, that's the thing too, is it would have been so much harder if I got pushback or if I didn't feel that support. But again, communicating and then having someone who will pray with you, who will support you and push you and motivate you makes all the difference in the world. Um, Because if he had any pushback or reservation, I don't know that I would have 
you know, had the courage to to, to take that step um, and risk what that would have meant for our, our home and our marriage and our relationship. So, right, yeah, it is so important to have the right support around you. And you also mentioned that fear that you had, the fear of getting clients, the fear of how it's going to work out, the fear of, okay, I'm not going to have a paycheck every two weeks. And this is going to be up to me to go out here and get this money and make it happen. But also in what you said about the fear is that you did not let that fear keep you stuck in that situation. Because I feel it's so easy that when we are afraid of things or when we have fear, that we will accept situations that it's meant for us to move on from. Right. Right. Absolutely. Back by popular demand, my course Balancing the Busy, How to Manage Family, Business, and All the Things is here for you. And I am so excited to announce that for the month of December, my course will be available for you for 50% off when you use the code CHRISTMAS. I know the end of the year Going into the new year, we are all about setting goals and priorities, and I want to help you do that with my course, Balancing the Busy. Inside this course, you are going to learn how to clear some things off your plate, set your priorities and boundaries. I'll give you some exact phrases, tools, and strategies on how to say no, and we are going to tackle that pesky mom guilt. So inside the course, you're going to have the worksheets and templates and everything you need so that you can start to balance the busy in your life. So head over to my website, LawanMoses.com and grab Balancing the Busy, How to Manage Family, Business and All the Things for 50% off for a month of December. Don't forget to use that code CHRISTMAS. What role do you feel that faith played in you making your next steps, taking that leap, taking that jump? So I talk to a lot of my friends all this time of uh, all the time about um, they call it crazy faith, right? It's the faith where other people look at you and be like, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> like, and that's the best kind of faith. That's when we know that the faith is real because y'all are not gonna understand it. You're not gonna. You, you're not here with me. You don't have the relationship that I have with Christ. You don't have the 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 story and the testimony that I have. So it looks crazy to you. And that was a time where, if I've ever exercised crazy faith ever in life, this was a time where I did it. It had to be that faith where I couldn't waver. It had to be that faith where I couldn't take two steps forward and one step back. I had to fully fully trust that he was going to take care of me and my family and provide everything that we needed. And not only financially, but health-wise. Because remember, I told you I had hyperemesis providium. And so my health was still wavering. I was still emailing people and trying to get clients and, hey, y'all, I started a business. And then in the ER the next day for two to three days at a time. And so truly trusting that like, hey, God, you are going to keep me health-wise keep me sane, keep my mind, keep my spirit, keep my energy, right? And knowing that that was not something that I could do alone. And what I noticed is every time I walked away or I got too confident or I got too ahead of myself and left him behind, things got a little shaky. So I had to continue to stay on that path and like be steadfast and focused. Um, And I believe that Through that, I learned that faith is not an in and out type of thing. Faith is not a, you know, sometimey type of thing. You got to do it. You got to commit to it. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. when you commit and show obedience, you are rewarded. You are blessed. Those around you are rewarded and blessed because you are walking in your purpose and you are doing what God designed you to do. And he's very pleased with that. He's very pleased with that. So that crazy faith, that's like my thing. And, you know, I I have had a couple other times in my life where I've exercised it and people just look at me and be like, what are you doing? And that's when I know I'm doing it right. Right. When, when people question it and they don't understand it, oftentimes that's when I know, OK, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, because I have to know that God can do the impossible. What y'all saying are, is impossible. I know he got it. Right. You know what I mean? So there yes. you go. <laughs> There's a lot to say about that crazy faith. And I call it that blind faith to where you're just going to yes. walk. You're going to trust that he is going to work it out. And I like how you threw in there that every time you walked away, you got too confident. You tried to do it without him. That things started going a little crazy because I feel a lot of us get in that position to where we lean and depend on God when we need something, when we want something to happen. God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do this. God, I want this. But then the minute we get the momentum, the minute we get going, the minute things start looking up, then we forget who got us there. And we start to try and do it on our own. And as you said, things will start to just get out of sync and start looking crazy around us. I like how you pointed out that faith is a constant. It is something that you have to constantly do and constantly be obedient to God because God took you to it. So he is going to take you through it. Absolutely. That's good. I like blind faith too. So I'm, I might have to start. <laughs> I oh. might have to start putting that into my into my tool belt of phrases that I use. Because that's what it is. You don't know what's going to happen. All you know is that it's going to be what he wants it to be. Exactly. That's it. It is. And that's it. And that's why, yes, that blind faith, that's what I go around saying. I like the crazy faith. Blind faith is, we both saying the same thing. And yeah. I really like that because it really takes you getting to that point of having that crazy faith, having that blind faith to where you can, then you really start to make that progress. Cause I feel with myself, I know as long as I would say, okay, I have faith, I have faith, but I was still trying to figure out mm. what it was going to look like on the end, what steps I was going to go through, how it was going to turn out. And yeah. things weren't working out. But then it's like, okay, I'm going to have the faith. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just going to walk in this. I'm just going to do it. And when I took my hands off of it, went into it blindly, then you start to see everything come together. Yes, 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 yes. That's what it is. Get yeah. out your own way. Get out of your own way. Okay? Move. Yes. Get out the way. Get that is the a way. good way. Okay, because we do that all the time. We be, we be the ones that be in our own way. And the second we move, like I said, you see that shift. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's And it's amazing how two totally different phrases and concepts, but like you said, we land at the same point. We land at the same foundation, which is you have to trust unconditionally. If you are enjoying this show, feeling inspired and motivated, learning something new, or just want to show some love, please do me a favor and help me spread the word. Screenshot this episode and share your favorite takeaways in your Instagram stories. I am truly growing my Instagram and I want you there on the journey with me as we continue to grow and build. Don't forget to tag me at Lawan Moses so that I can share your share. Each time you share this show, it helps me to reach more and more moms just like you. Don't keep this greatness to yourself. Tell a mama you know about the More Than a Mother podcast today. Remember, 
Motherhood is a universal experience and we are all in this together. Tell me more, we're going to transition now. So tell me more about what you're doing with RBJ Consulting. Yes. So RBJ Community Consulting is my baby. I I love what I do. Um, I'm born and raised in Milwaukee. And so um, so much of my business is the fact that I get to be very selective about the organizations and the people that I work with. And one of the big um, values that I hold very near and dear to my heart with my business is that I'm only working with people and organizations who are doing good in this community. If you don't have a purpose that is attached to growth and development and and putting good in this community, I respectfully walk away, you know, and that's the beautiful thing about having your own businesses. You can make those choices. So RBJ Community Consultant is is a twofold business. The first thing that I do is I help people to start their own nonprofits. Um, What do I mean by that? From start to finish, I hope I help people to establish their board of directors. I help them to do their paperwork, to write their bylaws, to submit to the state and the IRS. From start to finish, I walk them through the process. But what is unique about my business is I am, again, very selective with who I take on. We don't need a lot more nonprofits doing the same exact work as every other nonprofit in the community, Right. Um, Milwaukee in particular has a lot of nonprofits who are doing very similar work. They're competing for funding um, and the problems are still increasing. So we're getting more and more nonprofits, but we're not seeing the problems decrease like we should. So I'm very selective in pushing people to say, if you're opening a business or you're starting a nonprofit, what sets yours apart? Let me see your business plan. What are your mission and vision and values and how do those coincide with success for your business? So we are really a one-stop shop. Um, And I've had times where I've had to turn people away just because, you know, I really want your business to be successful. So I don't want to just take your money and start your nonprofit and send you on your way. I want to start a nonprofit that's going to be successful for you. So that's one part of my business. The other part of my business is I work with nonprofits and other community organizations to do project management, um, to do data analysis and evaluation. I do a lot of facilitation. Um, So I come and I I facilitate annual meetings for my clients. I come and facilitate trainings and professional development. I come and facilitate strategic planning. Um, So one of my larger partners that I have and clients that I have right now is the health department for the city of Milwaukee. And I've been working on a strategic plan with them for the past couple years around the STI rates in the city of Milwaukee. Um, So again, a lot of management and how are we professionally developing staff um, and then helping to facilitate conversations, um, get action plans in place, work on goal setting, things like that. And like I said, I love, love, love what I do. Love, love, love what I do and love the community that I get to work with. That is wonderful. And it sounds like you are doing a lot of great things. And I love how you said that you are selective in who you work with and who you take on as a client. And as you said, that is the good part and the power in having your own business because you can make those decisions and realize I don't have to work with everybody. As they say, all money is not good money. So yes, ma'am. you can take on that <laughs> attitude when you work, when you have your own company, you can be very selective in who you choose to work with. And I love how you said that everyone, a purpose and you don't, want to see all these nonprofits popping up that are doing the same thing and not really getting any results or solving any problems. Yes. Now, I know there are probably some moms listening that are perhaps wanting to start a nonprofit or 
That is where it's calling them because not everybody wants a for-profit business. So what would you say is kind of like the first step that someone should consider when they're looking to start a nonprofit? Great question. I always tell people, do your research. Um, Market research is huge when you're starting, like you said, any business for-profit or nonprofit. Um, You want to know, if I'm trying to start an organization and be specific, Who are you trying to serve? What is the problem that you're trying to fix? That's what I tell people. Those are the two questions that you need to be able to answer right away. What is the problem I'm trying to fix? Who am I trying to serve? And then once you have those two things um, really outlined and specific, then you do your research and figure out within a one mile radius of me, within a five mile radius with me. And I'll even say within a 10 mile radius, who is serving that same population and what organizations are addressing that same problem? Once you do that research, we can figure out or you can figure out what is going to set you apart from all the other people and organizations doing the same thing. Sometimes it makes sense for us to volunteer with organizations that already exist versus starting our own. Sometimes it makes sense for us to go and join a board or an advisory committee for organizations that already exist versus starting our own. Because again, we don't just want to start something because it sounds good and it feels good. We want to start something because nonprofits are still businesses. Yes, they function under a not-for-profit model, but you still have to run your services. You still have to pay your team if you're going to have a team. You still have to do marketing and advertisement. So you really want to be sure, sure, sure that it makes sense. So that's what I tell people, who you're trying to serve, what is the problem you're trying to fix, and then research, research, research. And that makes a whole lot of sense. And as you said, a nonprofit is still a business at the end of the day, even though it operates a little bit differently. And those are all things to consider when you're starting any type of business. And I like how you said with knowing who your competitors are, and then also pointing out the fact that it may not be meant for you to start your own nonprofit. It may be that you can be on that board or that you can volunteer with an organization and you may not have to try to reinvent the wheel if something is already out there that is doing what you want to be doing. Yes, exactly. And that can be discouraging, right? Because if you wake up one day and you're like, I want to start a business and I want to change the world, (laughs) you know, I want to do all of these things. So I'm not saying that to discourage the moms out there. I'm saying that because, again, I want you to be successful. And it's going to be even more discouraging if you put money and time and energy into something that may not work out in the long run. You know what I mean? Turnover rates for nonprofits across the nation are extremely high. Most nonprofits don't make it past a year, right? And so I really, I get that that can be discouraging in the moment, but I'm always thinking long-term for anyone that I work with and support. And so, um, you know, sometimes you can't be the the in-the-moment thinker and that's why people hire me because I can be that long-term thinker for you and really help you to, to plan some of that stuff out past just that passion and that excitement in the moment. Right. Because a lot of us, we get so passionate and turned up by things in the moment, but it's good to have someone with your experience and your knowledge that has been doing this for a long time to really guide the way and help us when we have these ideas and realize that that might not be the best thing. But then also, if it is the best thing, guide us in how to get it set up the best way. Exactly. Do you have any other, what other tips would you have to offer to someone that may be perhaps looking to start a nonprofit? Yep. I always tell people, so aside from doing your research, um, thinking about 
the startup cost. And I think you can probably speak to this because you, you're running a business, you're doing this. It is not just filling out the paperwork and getting the status of for-profit or non-profit or LLC. Uh, you need a website. How are you going to market your business? Um, what is your logo? And the color schemes for your business. Um, when we think about partnerships, are there people in the community that that you want to partner with that you need to be connecting with right away? So I also tell people, start thinking about your startup cost and start thinking about all the things that you need before you can launch this business um, and really be successful. You know, a lot of times we think we, we run the business, we launch it, we make one Facebook status, and then we think everything is just going to work itself out. Um, and when you're running a business, especially if you don't have a team, and again, I believe you can speak to this, you are your accountant, you are your social media person, <laughs> you are your community engagement person, you know, you're running all of all of your um, marketing and, and, and outreach. You know, you are not, you're the custodian. If you have an office space, like I have my home office, I'm the custodian around here. I don't pay nobody to come clean my home office where I work every day. That's my job, right? right? So you are all the things for your business when you're first starting until you expand and get a team. And so you really need to think about the bandwidth and do you really have the time and the capacity to take on all of the things that go into running a business? Um, I tell people, talk to people who are doing what you want to do. Um, get a mentor. I have several professional mentors that I reach out to and they keep it real with me. Rashida, that's not a good idea. Rashida, I love that idea, but do it this way. Um, so much of my early success with my business came from support from my mentors. So, you know, those are just the first things that come to mind is thinking about startup costs beyond just paperwork, thinking about getting some mentorship and support in the business arena, and then also really thinking about all the things that you're going to have to do and be before you you launch into starting, again, a nonprofit or a for-profit. That is so true. And I can speak to all of that. There is so much more that goes into just have not, it's more beyond having an idea, getting the paperwork in order. It is so much more behind the scenes. And I like how you shared that to think about all the things you have to do, because as you said, you are it. When you are just starting out, unless you have this huge nest egg that you're sitting on, when you are just starting out, you are all the things and everybody that is in your business. And it couldn't be that way for a while until you get right. to a point to where you can start to outsource. So you really do have to have a realistic perspective on what you're going into and how this all incorporates and fits into your life. Exactly. There you go. There you go. And again, not to discourage, <laughs> but to just be real that like, I wish somebody would have told me that like, you realize you have to do accounting. You Do you realize that if you make money, you have to file taxes on that money? You don't just get to keep that money and put it in your pocket and, and walk away. There's taxes. And here's the percentage of what you should be taking out of every check that you get and hit, track your mileage and track your spending. And like, oh my God, things that... <laughs> Things that like, I just wish I would have known. So again, talk to people, get a mentor. Um, there's free classes. There's free certifications that you can get around business management, around nonprofit management. So go out there, ask questions and, and get some support because it really is, like you said, um, unless you're sitting on something that we just don't know about, which please share the secret with us, um, you are going to have to, to get it and start from the bottom and really work your way up. 
Right. And that is such a good point to speak to, just starting from the bottom. And as you said, a lot of us think we make this one Instagram post, this Facebook post, (laughs) start this website, whatever it is, that the people are going to flood to us and just start to come and business is going to be booming right away. But I think we both can speak to the fact that that is not how it works. And all these people that you feel are overnight successes or whatever you want to call it, trust me, there are there is no such thing as an overnight success. Yes. Whoever these oh, uh, those that appear as overnight successes, trust they've been doing something for a long time. You just haven't seen them yet, and they just finally came across your radar, and now yeah. it appears that they're overnight success. But trust, all overnight successes started somewhere. Mm, that is the truth. That is the truth. Yep, and that's humbling because when I look back at three years ago, I'm so much more grateful for my business and my journey because I had to struggle, because I had to be humble, because I had to work. It creates a greater sense of gratitude than if it was just handed to me, than if I just had it all figured out and just was coasting through this this past three years, right? Um, My husband owns a business too. And so again, having someone to bounce ideas off of and knowing that like, for-profit, non-profit, all businesses have a starting point. And what journey and path you choose to take is up to you as a business owner. But you do not have to struggle on your own, right? Like Google is a real thing. The internet is a real thing. There are classes, there are certifications. YouTube University can be good with the right credible information. Um, And so know that like mamas, you don't have to do it alone. And I encourage you that if starting a nonprofit is something that you want to do, look into it. Take it seriously, pray about it, fast about it, and really, really figure it out. Um, And if after all of that, you still want to do it, then you got it. It's for you to do. If God still gives it to you after you've done your research and prayed about it and talked to people and done your research again, then it's for you. And nobody can take that away from you if if that is truly something that God gave you. So I also want to just say, be encouraged, mamas, be encouraged. Yes, be encouraged. That that was such just a great statement to make, just to be encouraged no matter what you may go through. And I love how you said YouTube University, because that's what I always say. <laughs> when you're first starting out, Google and YouTube are your friend. And I call it YouTube University too. So when you said that, I was like, oh, I love that. Because it's so, there's so much information out here. Information is at our fingertips with the internet and everything around us. It's just a matter of finding the good information and the fact that if you can't invest in something right away, there are plenty of free resources out here mm-hmm. to help you get started, whether it's nonprofit or a for-profit business. Absolutely. There you go. There you go. So, you know, I definitely um, appreciate, too, that when you when you just made that statement, um, I always just kind of remind people as well that it's not a linear thing. It's not, it's not going to just be you do this and then you have this milestone and then you have this milestone. Sometimes the first milestone happens right away. And then sometimes you don't see that goal or that success or that milestone for another six to seven months, right? So there's also faith and patience and the tests of those things that takes place as well. Um, and so anyone that's starting, especially with nonprofits, I um, encourage you to really get into a headspace of faith and patience because you are going to need both of them, to truly endure the journey that is ahead of you. Yes, faith and patience come into play in so many things that we do. So yes, definitely. 
Well, I thank you, Rashida, for joining me. This was such great information, and I feel that you left everyone with a lot of great tips, whether they're starting a nonprofit or even a for-profit business. So I appreciate you sharing all the things that you did share. Yes, absolutely. Thank you again for having me. Um, and please know that I I am a resource. And so, um, you know, if anyone ever wants to reach out to me and just bounce ideas, um, I, I want to be a resource and I want to help. I do a lot of work locally here in Milwaukee, but the nonprofit startup process is the same pretty much everywhere, you know, besides just a couple different things with application and stuff. So, you know, the basics of starting a nonprofit are the same. And I am happy to, um, like I said, answer questions or bounce ideas off people. Because again, I really do want to just see people be successful, especially mamas. I have such a a big heart. Becoming a mom just made me appreciate the the value um, that mothers bring to this world. And I I want nothing more than for all moms to just be successful and feel fulfilled in whatever it is that they do. Working, staying at home, working, having a business and staying at home, you know, whatever it is that you do, I want you to feel fulfilled. So please use me as a resource. I'm here to help. And I thank you so much for having me and just allowing me to to speak on this amazing platform that you've created. Please keep it up. It is so needed. It really is. Oh, thank you so much. And that is the mission and goal of this podcast is to let all moms know that they can be great moms and pursue their dreams at the same time so that we can live fulfilled and happy and satisfied lives. If you could just let the audience know where they can connect with you online or if you have any offers that you want to extend at this time. Yeah, definitely. So um, first and foremost, please check out my website at www.rvjcommunity.com. Um, I have a blog there where I write um, blogs every few weeks about just like nonprofit startup tips, about professionalism tips, about engagement tips, all types of things. So you can check out my blog. I also have a free guide that you can download that has three things that you should be thinking about before you start a nonprofit. So for those mamas listening who are like, oh, is this for me? What should I be thinking about? That guide is completely free and you can download that there. Um, you can follow me on all social media platforms. I am on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. LinkedIn is something that if you're starting a business, you should be active on LinkedIn, have a profile, have it be updated, and really use it as a tool to network and connect and promote your business. Um, So you can find me at all of those platforms. It's just RBJ Community Consulting for all of those. Wonderful. And I'll be sure to link to all of that in the show notes. So thank you again, Rashida, for joining me. This was truly a great interview and very informative. Yes. Thank you all so much. And thank you again for having me. Many blessings to all of you and best of luck. If you are taking a a startup journey for nonprofit specifically, just know that I am cheering you on virtually um, and hope that you will connect with me if you ever have questions or need support in the future. Thank you so much again. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, leave a review, and most importantly, share this episode with all of your mom friends. Let's continue to grow our mom community and support each other. Remember, together, we've got this.